Amen. Busy weeks when we have these uh, events going on. We can get sidetracked a little bit and, and get tired. And, and, uh, but it's always good to seek the opportunities to, to uh, praise God for what he is doing. And as we come to the new year, I've, I think about things. I always try to, in a message or in a, uh, a devotion or whatever, try to leave something for people to think about. And so my question today is, are you a memory foam Christian? So think about that. And, and memory foam is, is something that whenever you use it, it goes back to its original form. And, you know, we, we've had a rough couple years as we look at uh, COVID and some of the restrictions and things. But as Christians, we're taught to look for the good that is in the storm. We're to keep our eyes on Christ and what he has for us. And, and what I've really discovered over the last few years is many opportunities, many ways of ministering differently than what we always have. But as things have tended to go back to, I guess, somewhat normal, we see the memory foam Christians. We see those that just sort of gravitate back to the way that things have always been. And I think when we come to New Year's, we always look forward to things. We have resolutions that we do. Some are health. You know, I want to I lose some weight. I want to do more exercise. I want to spend, uh, you know, I, I want to read through the Bible in a year. They'll tell us about 95% or, or more of our New Year's resolutions that we make, we will probably fail within the first few months. As a matter of fact, I think they said 70% within the first couple weeks. And so it doesn't mean that we don't make them. It doesn't mean that the intentions aren't good. But just as people, we tend to always go back to what we once knew. And I believe that as we look ahead to what God has, we don't want to go back to what we once were. We want to be something new that Christ is doing in our life. We want to seek the new opportunities. We want to see the opportunities that are out there. We want to discover new ways of, of reaching the lost, of of ministering to others. We've sort of had this, um, the memory foam Christian mentality of having a form of godliness but denying the power and saying that will never happen. So when we talk about healings, when we talk about uh, reconciliation, when we talk about maybe our neighbor that has never known Christ is just sort of a difficult person, and maybe we can get them to come to Christ. Well, that will never happen. Why do we believe that? Why do we walk in that in that negative sense. And so God has given us this new year. And, and what I want to challenge us for. Is I think the best resolution. Um, is not just the physical ones. And the physical ones are good. I think those are things that we. We need to do in our life. You know exercise is good. Diet is good. Spending more time reading. And with family is good. But are you focusing maybe upon your spiritual resolutions. And I really believe that. The best we can have is this. To have the mind of. Christ. The Bible tells us that, that we are to have the mind of Christ. And wouldn't that be a great resolution to say, I want the mind of Christ. I want to be able to look at people. I want to be able to look at situations and say, what would Jesus do? You know, the Bible tells us in, in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. But it says, blessed are those that keepeth the law, happy is he. And so when we look at that, we need vision. And vision is something that is projected forward, not backwards. So many times, and the older I get, we sort of look back to 
the good old days, the way things used to be, and, and you know, we, we sometimes long for those things. And memories are great things to have, but one thing I do, the Bible says, Paul says, I press forward to the upward calling of Christ. Vision is something that is forward. Another a version of that says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And so there's two words in these scriptures that we're reading, and one is vision. We need vision. We need to look with new eyes and fresh eyes at the scriptures as we go through them. Some of us have read through passages of the Bible maybe hundreds, if not thousands of times in our life. And we sort of just gloss over them, and we sort of just read through them quickly, and because we sort of have a a memory foam mentality that says, well, I've read that, I know what that means, but are we allowing God to speak afresh to us as we are spending time in God's word? So we need that vision of what God can do, what God can do in our community. We may be looking at neighbors that say, well, you know, we've tried to reach out to them, you know, many times over the years, and they've just never responded. The vision says, this is the year. This is the year that we can get them to come. I appreciate Karen and your witnessing to your neighbors. There are people that have probably looked at us at some time in our life and said, oh, I can't believe that they'd ever come to know Christ. But here we are, we're fellowshipping together. And so we reach out, we continue, we're persistent in those things. We have the vision of our community coming to know Christ, of reconciliation, of, of, of hurt feelings and, and broken relationships. We believe that God can restore those things, or at least we need to, more than just in our mouth, but in our heart, believing that God can do these things. So we have that vision. And then we have that word law, and as new believers or New Testament Christians, we say, well, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Law, law simply means this, as you look it up. It is a noun meaning instructions from God regarding the way of living which pleases him. So law isn't just the Ten Commandments, it's just not the do's and don'ts, but it's living in such a way that is pleasing to God. And so when we evaluate our lives, when we look at our lives, and again, the Bible is here, and, and I believe 98% of it is for me to examine myself. Not to examine my neighbors and not to examine those around me, but to examine myself, that I am where I need to be. Because the Bible says, where, when I am where I need to be, I will make a difference in the world. I will make a difference in the other lives that are around me. So we have this way of living in which pleases him. And so as we look at our New Year's resolution to have the mind of Christ would be this. I want the vision of Christ. And I want to live in a way that is pleasing to Christ. First Corinthians, when it says we have that mind of Christ, means that we look at things from his perspective. So many times in, in, in modern day Churches and organizations, we've, we've become a, an organization instead of an organism. And an organism is alive. An organism allows things to, to be fluid and to change. An organization has walls and structures and, and boundaries. We say that God's word is our boundary, and so we read God's word. So as we look at this new year, what is your resolution? And so to have the mind of Christ, I just want to touch on a couple things today. One is to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. That's an important thing in the, in the world today. And we don't look at it in our life very often. Repentance. What do I need to repent of? 
We can look around and see what other people should repent of, right? Because we can, we're, you know, one of the, the gifts, I guess they call it, of, of Christians tends to be fault-finding. We can look at everybody. We can see everybody's blemish and fault. But the Bible is telling me that I need to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. I need to have a repentant heart before God. So when we have this, it's a full commitment. I'm all in with what God's word says. I'm all in for whatever he holds in this next year. And it says that I need to cast off these things that are not pleasing in his sight. Repentance is a changed life. It's a changed behavior that happens in our life because of what Christ has done and because of what Christ's word declares. It talks about turning from sinful things in our life and living towards him in a holy way and in a holiness by his power in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And as we sit here today, we all have things in our life that we need to repent of. Romans says there's none righteous. There's none of us sitting here today that says, oh, you know what, I got everything right in my life. We're all dealing with things. If it's attitudes, if it's past hurts, if it's, you know, whatever it might be, memories that we keep conjuring up, we all have things in our life that God wants to deal with us. And so when we come to a New Year's resolution, you know, and really it should be a daily thing, but we like to use the New Year as a jumping off spot. We should be examining ourselves and saying, you know, I don't like feeling this way. I don't like having these thoughts. They bring me to places I don't want to be. They're painful. They're, they're disgusting. They're whatever it is in our life that we're dealing with. So repentance is this changed life. Turn that from which is sinful to something that is pleasing to God. Can you do that in your life? Are you doing that in your life? Many people feel sorry for things that they, they do in their life. As a matter of fact, many people give a, a presumption before they do something. Well, I'm sorry if this is going to hurt you, but... And then they go on to say that. You know, repentance isn't just being sorry for something. Sorry means that you've been caught. Sorry means that you've been exposed in something in your life. But in Isaiah 55, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. We commit those things to God. Paul would tell us, take every thought captive in our life. If I'm thinking negative about somebody, that's not of God. That's of Satan. And so I tell God, I don't want those thoughts in my life. If I got a critical spirit, God, deal with me in my critical spirit. If I'm bearing unforgiveness, Lord, help me to forgive. I'm not feeling it right now, but I need to. Lord, I need understanding. I need compassion. I need empathy sometimes for what people are going through. Sometimes we stand back and just say, well, just get over it. Just get over it. But God many times calls us to walk along side those people. I often say that, that living the Christian life is a dirty job, meaning that we get involved in people's messes in their life. We don't just stay back and say, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too involved. I can tell you what to do. I can point you in the direction. But God says what? Get involved in people's lives. So we produce fruit in keeping with repentance. It's ceasing to commit the same sins over and over and over again. It's living the victorious life where Christ says he'll give us the power and the authority to have that victory in our life. We don't need to be those memory foam Christians that keep going back to the same old garbage, the same old thoughts, the same old mindsets, the same old deceptions that hold us in power. 
So we see this producing fruit. Secondly, mature in your walk with the Lord. New Year's resolution would be great. Lord, I want to grow in you this year. I'm not where I need to be. You know, thank God I'm not where I used to be, but Lord, you got more for me. I want to continue to mature. I want to continue to understand. I want to continue to walk in your ways. Lord, use me in such a way that will draw people to you and not repel people from you. Many times that can happen in Christians. A lot of times people say, well, you know, I, I, I don't want to come to church because they're, they're full of hypocrites. Well, that can be an excuse, but sometimes there's a truth to that. Sometimes as people look at us, and we need to look and say, what are people seeing in us? Because when a church is healthy and vital, and when a Christian life is reflecting the life of Christ, people are drawn to that, the Bible says. Not repelled from that. So many times, maybe we are showing some hypocritical things in our life. We're showing the unforgiveness. We're showing the, the critical nature of us. We're not being good sports about what God wants to do in our life. The Christian walk should be a joy. You know, Christmas Eve we preached on the angels had a party. They were excited about what God was doing. Seeing salvation be presented to earth. We should be excited that way each and every day. It should just come from us. Oh, man, God is good. You know, I get people that, that ask me sometimes when I go into work or different places, how are you doing today? And, and I always say wonderful. Sometimes life isn't so wonderful, but I am doing wonderful because Christ is in me. I'm doing wonderful because he is walking with me. I may be going through a struggle. I may be facing some things in my life, but I'm wonderful because I'm born again. I know where I'm going if this life ends. There's nothing I need to fear. Christ is with me. He empowers me. And so I want to mature in the Lord. The Bible says you're to be in 1 Peter 2. It tells us this. You're to be like newborn babes. Crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You know, Lord is, the Lord to me is like spiritual candy. You know, I, in the real world, I try to avoid candy somewhat. But like when they have a box of it out there, it's, it's like I'm drawn to it. And then I have one and it's like I want more. The Lord to me is like that. I taste it. It's good. He's good. And how can we not want more of what he has for us? You know, as we grow, as we produce this faith, as we repent and forsake the evil ways, and as we walk in the, the ways of the Lord, we should want more and more of him in our life. We see what he can do. We've experienced what he can do. And so like newborn babes, it says we want to grow up. Them little babies, when they're born, you know, we're past that, but we know the grandkids. When they're hungry, they're hungry, right? When they want to eat, they want to eat. We should be like that. We should be craving after what God has. When we're hungry in the world, real world, we're going to go make something. We're going to satisfy that desire. God says we should have that desire in our life. To feed upon his food. Are you really wanting and desiring to feed upon the word of God? Are you spending time in your Bible? Are you spending time in devotions? Because that's how we grow closer to God. Christian isn't just a title that we wear and, and walk through life doing our own thing. But Christianity means Christ follower. 
And if we're really following somebody, that means we got to keep our eye on them. And we keep our eye on Christ because this world has a lot of distractions. It's like driving down the road. You know, when we were driving up here Christmas Eve, sort of white-knuckling it because it was foggy. And I didn't dare take my eyes off the road because I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, it was, it was bad. Well, this world is a bad place. But we take our eyes off of Christ all the time. And we get distracted with this and we get distracted with that. For this new year, let's make a commitment, a resolution to keep our eyes on Christ. Prayerfully consider studying God's word in your own way. You know, however it is, if it's in the morning that works for you, in the afternoon, if it's listening to it, you know, I mean, there are so many ways that we can be inundated with God's word. But prayerfully consider how you can do that. Thirdly, spiritually feed on the word of God. Matthew 4 says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the word of God. You know, one of my great sayings, whenever we face something in our lives, in my life, as a, as a church, as a group, what does God's word say? Let's go there. Let's find the principles of what God's words say. Because it is written that we don't just live by the physical elements, by the organization, but we live by the organism. The Holy Spirit, which is alive within its church. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How often we get so sidetracked and so focused on the physical things that we neglect the spiritual things in our life. Every key need and question that we have in our life, be it in marriage, be it in sexuality, be it at work, be it in just living our life, whatever it is, God's word has the answer for us. Are you seeking God's word? You know, we talked as we were coming through the holidays here that, that there are many people that are more depressed this time of year than any other time of year. We say it's the most joyous time. It should be Thanksgiving. We go from Thanksgiving to, to, to Christmas. We're thankful for everything that God has done. And then we come and we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and Savior, Emmanuel. God is with us. Here he is. And, and you know, we should be excited about those things, but there are many that are lonely. There are many that are hurting. There are many that are destitute. Are you willing to go alongside them? Are you willing to walk with them? Are you willing to, to take them by the hand and lead them to a place where God can speak to their hearts? It needs to be sought after like our spiritual food. You know, sometimes we, we get a little uh, calloused in our Christianity. Oh, maybe they'll get it someday. Or we'll just keep throwing seeds at them and maybe something will take to grow. But do you really take the time to sit down with them and say, I want this right. I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. I want to glorify God in what we do. And as a body, we need to look at that. What would be the greatest testimony for a church? And then we pursue that. What would be the greatest glory for Christ in a body of believers? And then say, that's where we're going. I like this little saying, and I, I put it in our Christmas bulletin, but, you know, we don't do average, we do awesome. We haven't been called just to be sort of a platonic Christian, a memory foam Christian. God has called us to be stretched. 
He has called us to do more. He has called us to be workers in his field. He has called us to be humble in his sight. He has called us to reach out to those that need to know a Savior. You know, we had a testimony a few weeks ago of someone who shared the gospel message with a person. And and sometimes in my mind, I think, well, everybody's heard about Jesus. Everybody knows about Christ. I mean, it's all over, right? Christmas. But in that testimony, that person said, that was the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. It was the gospel message. So it's not just enough to say you need Christ in your life, but why do they need Christ in their life? Who is this Jesus? And when you explain that to people, their eyes can be opened. But it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes getting involved in their life. Sometimes the mess of their life. But that's okay. Because you and I have all been a mess at one time or another. Maybe you and I are sort of a mess right now. We sort of help each other through those things. And so we make that resolution to have vision, to be repentant, to seek what God has, to grow in our maturity. He used the same resources when Jesus was tempted upon the mountaintop. Do you remember that? You say, well, you don't understand what I'm facing. You don't understand what I'm going through. I have this and that 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 I need to deal with. God understands all those things. But Jesus, when he was tempted on the mountaintop, he he didn't use some great miracle to get himself out of that. What does the word say? It says, it was in the written word. He quoted scripture to Satan. The importance of God's word is tremendous in our life. It's good to know it. It's good to spend time in it. It's good to read it. It's good to hear it. We need to know it. Maybe some of us have been raised in the church our whole life and we've heard the verses and we know those. I often share of a young boy that I had at Lincoln Hills many, many years ago and he wanted to get into Wana going. And that just intrigued me. Here's a kid coming into a juvenile, maximum juvenile prison, wants to start in a Wana club. And so I called him up. He said, I know over 300 verses. And I said, really? And I said, what are you doing here? And he started to tell me his crime. And I, I, I don't care about your crime. You know all the scripture. What are you doing here? And I remember he looked at me just so sort of plain-faced, and he says, I, I never applied them to my life. How many of us have heard the scriptures over and over and over? But we have never applied them to our life. Well, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. Or God, you just don't understand. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. That means we read and we believe God's word and what it says we do. And we trust and we believe that God is with us. And he is with us. And he will take us through all those things. Praying to the Lord through his scriptures I think is a great thing. It's not just to quote scriptures back to God. But when the word of God is alive and active in you, and it's a part of who you were, I mean, you read the Psalms. It's all about prayers to God. And those things have meaning to us, and they have depth to us, and they have richness to us. Matthew 22, 37 says, With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, 
Can our New Year's resolution be to have the mind of Christ? To think as he thinks. Yes, we're going to get it wrong at times. That's fine. The more that we pray with him, the more that we seek his word, the more that we have Christian fellowship, the clearer that vision becomes. Will you make it your resolution this year to seek his truths and to live for him this year? Will you diligently search the word of God for a true heart check, examining yourself as the scripture says, and commit to follow him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this past few weeks of opportunities that we've had as uh, probably actually the past few months as a, as a church body to reach out into people's lives. Lord, we've done it in sort of different ways. The ways really don't make a difference, but Lord, you, you know what this body has done individually and, and corporately. Lord, we thank you for those opportunities. We thank you for the privilege of being a Christian. The privilege of being a messenger of yours. To be able to go out and to share, as the scriptures were in Christmas, this news of great joy. Lord, we live in a hurting world. We live in a world that is despondent and searching. Lord, we have the truth. Lord, help us to present that truth in love. Lord, you have given us your grace. You have given us your mercy. You have given us your forgiveness. Lord, help us to extend those gifts to those around us. Lord, I pray that you do an amazing work in each one here this next year. And us as a, as a corporate body, Lord. Do an amazing work, not an average work, Lord. We're asking for amazing. We want to be awesome in the people that we reach and the things that we do. We don't want to be memory foam Christians that just sort of want to gravitate back to the way things used to be. Lord, we are looking for new and exciting ways to proclaim your truths. Lord, we're not looking for programs. We're not looking for gimmicks. We're looking for your spirit to be alive in us. And that people, when they come in contact with us, when they see the works that we do, when they see the lives that we live, will be drawn to us. Father, help us to believe in these things. Help us to believe more strongly in the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Help us to receive God's blessing in our life and accept God's plan for us. Lord, we need to value your word. And so, Lord, we pray that we would hold your word up and that we could also encourage others to follow you. Lord, we know that people of God can make a difference. May that be our New Year's resolution, to have that mind of Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.